we're going to take a quick look at 50 verses, but uh, looking at Korah and the rebellion, and uh, it's funny, uh, there's certain passages in scriptures, I think of the, uh, the boys eaten by the bears, uh, making fun of the prophet, and then, uh, and then this one, I don't ever consider myself to be in a position that Moses was in, but it's, I'm not going to lie, reading through this passage, I was encouraged by it, thinking, man, it's good to know the Lord's got my back. And, uh, and even though I'm not, I'm not the, uh, in the same position as Moses and Aaron were in, uh, it gave me a little boost of, uh, of just do the right thing and let the Lord take care of you. And, uh, and hopefully the ground will not open up today and swallow anyone anyone whole, uh, at least no one that's here, right? Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, uh, Numbers chapter 16. Uh, we're going to look at seven quick points that cover 50 verses uh, and uh, just kind of look at the story here and, and share some thoughts with you. Uh, the first three verses, we see the uprising. It says, Now Korah, the son of Izhar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and Dathan, and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and On, the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took men, and they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron, and said unto them, Ye take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them, Wherefore, when lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord? It's an interesting topic, um, and it sent, it sent flashbacks a little bit to me when I, when I was reading it this week. But um, here you have uh, Korah leading the rebellion. You've got a couple other guys, Dathan and Abiram, uh, and on as well. And, uh, and they see they come in, and before Moses and Aaron, they're saying, you've you got too much work. Too much responsibility, too much authority uh, on, on yourselves. And the whole congregation is called out by God, are they not? So what gives you the right, basically, to have all this leadership? Now they say at the end of verse number 3 there, Wherefore then lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. Now we know, because we've read it, Moses was called by God. And Moses, by God, was given the authority. Aaron was brought in by God to help Moses. And so Moses and Aaron did not lift themselves up above the congregation. Uh, the Lord lifted them up. The Lord placed them in authority. The Lord put them in the position that they were in. But there are people who are looking at Moses and Aaron and just say, well, you know, you put yourself here. You call yourself the leader. You, you say that you brought us out of Egypt. And, uh, you know, it's, there's too much authority for one person. Um, I, only one time in my term as a pastor, in my life as a pastor, over the last, whatever, 12, 12 13 years that it's been, um, I had a, someone come in to my office with another person. Uh, so two, two men came into the office, and they um, decided to pitch the idea of elders versus a singular pastor. In the church, and uh, and it was coming at a time we were voting on a 
bylaws and constitution, and this is in you know in my first the first church, and uh, and uh, it was uh, it was it was a big surprise uh, considering that one of the men was. Uh, uh, shouldn't have been there, and then, uh, and then the other one was getting ready to leave the church, so it was fun. But anyways, um, it was one of those things where it was like, you know, the church had existed for 60-some years, and, and had always been, you know, whatever, and, and all of a sudden it was like, well, I think we need elders instead of one pastor. It's like, oh, good for you. Uh, <laughs> so, so that was fun, uh, and that's what this is what it reminded me of kind of that day. Uh, and, uh, but these guys come in, and they're saying, you take too much upon you. And, uh, and, and, you know, you lifted yourselves up and there's no, you have no right to do so. And so they led this uprising. Moses had a response though, starting in verse four. And when Moses heard it, he fell upon his face and he spake unto Korah and unto all the company saying, even tomorrow the Lord will show you who are his and who is holy and will cause him to come near unto him. Even him whom he hath chosen will he cause to come up near unto him. So Moses is putting it back on to God, because that's where it belongs. And, uh, and he's, he's going to do something here to prove it. Verse 6, uh, this do, he says, take ye censers, Korah, and all his company, and put fire therein, and put incense in them before the Lord tomorrow. And it shall be that the man whom the Lord doth choose, he shall be holy. Ye take too much upon you, ye sons of Levi. Uh, Moses said unto, uh, unto Korah, here I pray you, ye sons of Levi, seemeth it but a small thing unto you that the God of Israel has separated you for the, from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation to minister unto them. And he hath brought thee near to him and all thy brethren, the sons of Levi, with thee and seek ye the priesthood also. For which cause both thou and all thy company are gathered together against the Lord and what is Aaron that you murmur against him? Same terminology used earlier in their journey uh, when Moses says, who, who am I, who am Aaron, that you murmur to us? We're just doing what God tells us to do. You're murmuring against us. You're actually murmuring against God. And so he points it out to him again. You're over here complaining. You've been called, set apart uh, to, to lead and, and the tabernacle and, and all these other things. And you're looking for these specific things. You're trying to take Aaron's position. You're trying to take my position. Uh, but he says, what's, the, what's the, the cause of this? And then he throws in at the very end, and, and Aaron, why, why are you murmuring against him? What has he done? Which uh, uh, is, is a great point here at this point in their journey along the way. Um, Eliab's children, Dathan and uh, Abiram, are the next here in, in line, verse number 12. And Moses sent to call Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, which said, We will not come. They're not going to hearken to Moses. Is it a small thing that thou hast brought us up out of the land that floweth with milk and honey, uh, to kill us in the wilderness, except thou make thyself altogether the prince over us? Moreover, thou hast not brought us into the land that floweth with milk and honey, or giveth us inheritance of the field or vineyards. Wilt thou put out the eyes of these men? We will not come up. Now, why are they not in the land which floweth with milk and honey? Do you remember? Anybody? Twelve men went to spy on Canaan, ten were bad, and two were good. Uh, they listened to the ten that were bad, right? And so they didn't get to go into the promised land, and they're, uh, they're, they're still wandering in the wilderness at this point. And so they're mad at Moses because they're not into the promised land. Well, there's a reason they're not in the promised land. 
They are the reason they're not in the promised land. And, uh, and so they're mad and they're saying, we're not going to come up. So Moses in verse 15 uh, was very wroth. And he said unto the Lord, Respect not thou their offering. I have not taken one ass from them, neither have I hurt one of them. Moses here turns to God and he requests that God not um, receive from them anything. Uh, Moses is saying, I have done them no wrong. They are not in the right uh, here. And so he looks to God and, uh, and asks them not to accept their offering. Now, again, we don't do the offerings and sacrifices like they did back then. But God rejecting an offering would be the same as God rejecting a prayer in, in, in all practical senses. And, uh, and not, not accepting it. And, so, uh, and you think back to um, Cain and Abel, right? Where God accepted one sacrifice and rejected the other. That's what Moses is asking for here. And so that brings us to the, the main crux of the story. And it's verses 16 through 35. I don't really want to read all of them, but we need to make sure we get the story, and it's better to hear it from God than to hear it from me. Verse 16, Moses said unto Korah, Be thou and all thy company before the Lord, thou and they and Aaron, tomorrow. And take every man his censer, and put incense in them, and bring ye before the Lord every man his censer, two hundred and fifty censers, thou also, and Aaron, each of you his censer. Which is what he was talking about earlier on as well. And they took every man his censer, put fire in them, and laid incense thereon, and stood in the door of the tabernacle, and the congregation with Moses and Aaron. And Korah gathered all the congregation against them unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the congregation. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, Separate yourselves from among this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. And they fell upon their faces and said, O God, the God of the Spirit of all flesh, shall one man sin, and wilt thou be wroth with all the congregation? And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the congregation, saying, Get you up from about the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And Moses rose up and went unto Dathan and Abiram, and the elders of Israel followed him. And he spake unto the congregation, saying, Depart, I pray you, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest ye be consumed in all their sin. So they got up from the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram on every side, and Dathan and Abiram came out and stood in the door of their tents, and their wives, and their sons, and their little children. And Moses said, Hereby ye shall know that the Lord hath sent me to do all these works, for I have not done them of mine own mind. If these men die the common death of all men, or if they be visited after the visitation of all men, then the Lord hath not sent me. But if the Lord make a new thing, and the earth open her mouth, and swallow them up with all that appertain unto them, and they go down quick into the pit, then ye shall understand that these men have provoked the Lord. Now, if I may, um, we don't read where God tells Moses this is going to happen. In this passage here, when we look at it, and Moses says, here's the sign you're going to see. And I'm not saying that, that he didn't, because in verse 23, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, speak, and then Moses rose up and went. So, so maybe the Lord, this is what the Lord told him to say. But either way, we see Moses standing here, and he says, if they die the common death, uh, plague, sickness, old age, uh, the heart attack, whatever, then, then that's, that's not it. But if the earth opens up and swallows them, then you know the Lord sent me, uh, has called me to be the position in which I'm in. Verse 31, And it came to pass, 
as he had made an end of speaking all these words, that the ground clave asunder that was uh, uh, under them, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up, and their houses, and all the men that appertained unto Korah, and all their goods, they and all that appertained to them went down alive into the pit, and the earth closed upon them, and they perished from among the congregation. Now listen, this is crazy. Uh, this wasn't a sinkhole, right? A sinkhole opens up, and things go down, but it doesn't close up. The earth opened up, swallowed them, and closed up. Them and everything that they had. Everything that appertained to them. This is one of the wildest stories that we read about in Scripture. And there's a lot of great stuff. You think of the fire being called down from heaven and consuming the sacrifice. That's a pretty neat story. Uh, we see, uh, we see the, the, the flood. We see uh, the splitting of the Red Sea. We see all these things in Scripture. To me, this is one of the most intriguing ones of them all. You have a group of rebels, a group of people who are going against what God ordained. And, and the, the earth opens up and everything, it says it swallows, opens up, it breaks underneath them, opens up, swallows them, and then closes back up. So there's not a giant hole in the ground anymore. It's back to normal, it would appear, except for Korah and, uh, and these other two men are no longer there. None of their stuff is there and... And I don't know if it's just a big gap now where all their tents were. I don't know if everything came closer together. I'm not sure, but it's pretty wild to see this, uh, this understanding, this picture and understanding of what's going on here. Uh, and it's all because of what? Now listen, this is important. It's all because of Korah's rebellion against, anybody know? God, good job. It's, it's almost always the right answer if someone asks in church. Um, it's not against Moses. It's against God. And so sometimes, you know, I hear the same story with when the bears came out and ate the kids from making fun of the prophet. Uh, you know, and I joke about it with people. You know, I used to tell people in Indiana, anytime someone made fun of me, I said, watch out for bears. Um, it's not, it's not, and God protects his people, and God, I believe, protects his, his called people that he's put in places and things like that. We see it with kings. We see it with other things where God will take care of them. But, it's not that the Korah rebelled against Moses and against Aaron. It's that he rebelled against what God wanted. God placed Moses and Aaron in the position they were in. And so just as Moses said earlier in, in the, the travels and in this spot when he talks about Aaron, well, what's the deal with Aaron? Why are you murmuring against him? Again, it's, it's, it's not that you can murmur against people who God placed in a situation, but if God put them there, then God put them there. And if you're murmuring against them, you're actually murmuring against God. And so, so God says, I'm going to punish them. Now, we read of Moses saying, if this happens, and this is the sign, all that kind of stuff. But it all comes back to the fact that they were rebelling against God. Uh, verse number, let me see, where are we at? 35, and there came out a fire from uh, the Lord and consumed 250, the 250 men that offered incense. Remember, there was with Korah and these other two folks, the 250 men, uh, that were there also. So they didn't get swallowed up, but boom, they got incinerated uh, right there as well. Uh, verse 36, um, actually, let's skip down to verse 41. Uh, and, and we talk about the problem people here. Um, after, 
after all that happened, right? So again, we look at everything that happens with the children of Israel. You got um, uh, uh, the, the plagues and everything that happened in Egypt. The children come out, and as soon as they hit adversity, what did they do? Oh, great, we're going to die here in the wilderness. No faith in God. God opens the Red Sea. They walk through. The Red Sea collapses and kills all the enemy. Within, a, what, three days later, what do we see the people doing? Oh, great, we're going to die here in the wilderness. No faith whatsoever. And that's just consistent with these people. Um, every time God shows them something so clear and so obvious, just within days, they forget it. All right, so here God shows them something pretty incredible with the ground opening up, swallowing two hundred, well, start swallowing the three men and everything they have, uh, and closing up, and then fire coming down and incinerating the other 250. And then just a few verses later in verse 41, but on the morrow, all the congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, saying, You have killed the people of the Lord. Wait, what? Were you not there? Did you not hear what was going on? No. They were still sticking up for Korah, the rebellion. And they say, Well, Moses, you just killed all those people. Look in verse 42. And it came to pass when the congregation was gathered against Moses and against Aaron that they looked toward the tabernacle of the congregation and behold, the cloud covered it and the glory of the Lord appeared. Now when we hear the glory of the Lord, we usually think positive thoughts. This was not a positive thought. <laughs> All right. If you remember back to the mountain, the thunderings and the lightnings, and you remember the people running away from the mountain, scared to death about Moses, you go talk to him so we don't have to talk to him. All right, the cloud appears over the tabernacle. Um, the glory of the Lord appeared to the whole congregation. And verse 44, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Get you up from among this congregation, that I may consume them as in a moment. And they fell upon their faces. I don't understand. And I've always tried to be on the side of, I would probably do the same thing they did, you know, that kind of thing. I'm not perfect, I'm not a great, you know, whatever. And I don't see myself being in this crowd, watching the ground swallow up people and me thinking, yeah, Moses did that. <laughs> and they're sitting here saying, Moses, you killed all these people. And the Lord shows up and he says to Moses, get away from these people, they're about to be gone. And they fell on their face. And listen, that's where they should have been when the ground swallowed up Korah in the rebellion. But they weren't. Now Moses, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm astonished the more as I read through um, these stories and I, just, I see Moses stand up for his people in front of God and, and support his people and, and beg God for mercy and all these sorts of things. It blows my mind. But look in verse 46. It says, And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a censer and put fire therein from off the altar, and put on incense, and go quickly into the congregation, and make atonement for them. For there is wrath gone out from the Lord, the plague is begun. A plague began to spread throughout the children of Israel, throughout the camp, and Moses' response is not like, good, good riddance. No. He says, Aaron, do this quickly. There's trouble. Uh, verse number 47, And Aaron took as Moses commanded and ran into the midst of the congregation. And behold, the plague was begun among the people, and he put on incense and made an atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living. 
and the plague was stayed. Now they that died in the plague were 14,700 beside them that died about the matter of Korah. And Aaron returned unto Moses under the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and the plague was stayed. Now listen, I'm telling you, we haven't seen, we read about, but we haven't seen the earth swallow uh, a, a group of people whole. We haven't seen uh, the fire come down and, and incinerate 250 people. Well, we've seen acts of God, and we should definitely pay attention to what God has done and how much God hates His people refusing to do what they're supposed to do. Is God going to open up the ground and swallow you whole? I would highly doubt it, but it's not impossible. I'd highly doubt it. Is God going to send fire down and incinerate you? I wouldn't think so, but it's possible. Is God going to hold you accountable at some point for your actions? Yeah, he always does. And to understand here that Moses, they're murmuring against Moses. That's how this all started. Korah brought up to Moses, you know, you're too proud, prideful. You put yourself up in this place of authority and you don't deserve it. And Moses said, I didn't, I didn't do that. God did that. God put me here. God said he didn't do that. I put him there. God took care of Korah and everything that's there. And after that happened, the people rose up against Moses and Aaron. And they said, you killed all these people. And the Lord said, Moses, get out of the way. <laughs> and what did Moses do? Through Aaron, but he made an atonement for the people. Isn't that what God does for us? The plague has begun. All right? Sin is a plague. And it's spreading. And God made an atonement for us. And it's a picture, an illustration for us to see what Aaron and Moses did here for the people. But it's an illustration of what God did for us. The question is, is are we the people that every time God does something magnificent, we begin to murmur and complain about something else? Or do we wait till the plague comes and then realize, oh no, now I'm in trouble. It's amazing to watch these people. I'm telling you, it's, um, we're getting close to Joshua and, and the, crossing into the crossing of the Jordan and all that kind of stuff and, and a lot of victory to come. I just continue to look at these folks and just think, my goodness, what did they miss out on? I mean, my goodness. They're complaining about not being in the land of milk and honey. Man, you had your chance. It wasn't Moses' fault. Moses would continue to fight for, to stand in, the, in, 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 uh, in support of these people with God. And we know that not long now, and Moses finally has enough with these people too, and he disobeys God. Now, each person is responsible for their own sin, and I'm not passing blame, but when I'm saying this, it's probably going to sound like that. Do you do your part to help others not sin? Uh, <laughs> we're responsible for our choices. So I, you know, whatever you do to me, I'm, you're not responsible for my sin. But what I'm saying is, is these people drove 
and pushed and prodded and poked at Moses over and over and over and over and over and over again. And no matter how good Moses was to them, they just kept on at it. They didn't encourage Moses to do right. Are you the kind of person that encourages people to do right? Do you help them just by the way that you act? Um, or are you the kind of person that's like the children of Israel and you're walking around murmuring and complaining about something? God, I've been complaining about something. God swallows up the people on the ground. Well, yeah, but Moses shouldn't have been there. It's Moses' fault. He should have stopped them. No. <laughs> The people should have never followed Korah. Korah shouldn't have been able to get 250 men to follow him. That's a lot of people. Even amongst the, the large number of Israelites that were there, that's a lot of people still. And, uh, and then we ended up seeing, as it said, what, 14,700 plus the 250 plus Korah and everybody that was with him and uh, um, uh, Eliab's sons, everybody that was with them. So you're talking about f- at least 15,000 people maybe? Uh, close to it, that died because they were mad that God gave Moses authority. It's pretty wild, if you ask me. Uh, but it's an incredible story, and I still, I've, I can picture it in my mind perfectly, the ground opening up and everybody going, and then the ground closing back up again. And I've always pictured it where people are standing there going, where'd they go? Well, Good question. Uh, where did they go? Uh, well, another day. Um, they're gone. They're dead because they rebelled against. Who did they rebel against, Acacia? God. That's right. Not against Moses, against God. That's what you got to remember, right? Sometimes we rebel against our boss at work. Well, if God put us in that place of work. That boss is, is there, right? We're supposed to treat him correctly. Um, and that's hard to do sometimes, but it's, it's the right thing to do. So don't rebel against God, uh, and don't, don't murmur against God, and uh, you won't have to worry about getting swallowed up by the ground. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your word and the people of the past that can teach us things, um, that can help us to live our life right so that we don't make similar mistakes. Uh, Lord, help us to be faithful in trusting you and following you, Help us not to rebel against you. Lord, may we be able to see all the mighty things that you do and and be able to focus on that instead of complaining about other things in this world. Lord, help us to have a spirit um, that is uh, worshiping you and that is joyful in who you are. So help us to live this week in light of who you are, Lord, that we can honor and glorify you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you need